Welcome to a brand new edition of Yuons. I'm Omar Moore. Vakun the Victorious vanquishes Middlesbrough at the Vic on Vic 100 night at Vicarage Road. Watford 2, Middlesbrough 1. All about this game and how this result happened, plus a look at the Golden Girls as they make it 2 from 2 after their win at Fairfax Park just the other day against Bridgewater United. All of that coming up next on this brand new edition of Is there time for Middlesbrough to create one more opportunity? We had four minutes signal. We're in the sixth minute, but it is Watford's night here. Late, late goal from Vakun Bayo. A fine time for him to get his very first goal for the club. João Pedro dazzled at times tonight. He linked up with Ismail Assar to create Watford's first, which brought Rob Edwards' side back level. They'd started a little sluggish. They'd fallen behind after just four minutes. Rodrigo has his hands on his hips here because he cannot believe after he put them ahead that Middlesbrough have not at least held on to take a point. But it is Watford who will walk off the pitch here at Vicarage Road smiling. That is a toast to success on Vic 100 night. Welcome back to Yuons. I'm Omar Moore. Vakun, the victorious, vanquishes Middlesbrough with a late strike that gives Watford the W on Vic 100 night. That was the sound of Vakun Bio's winning goal in the 93rd minute as Watford defeated Middlesbrough by a score of two goals to one. And Vakun Bio, who many of us had wondered if he was remotely the same player that had 11 goals in 16 games at his prior club, came good, as I knew he would. And I told you on a previous edition of this podcast, in fact, the previous episode of this podcast, that it would be a matter of time before Vakun Bio scored, and also that this club was going to be going in the right direction. I said in the previous episode that I was very confident that this team and this club would start to move in the direction that we all wanted to move in. After that Queen's Park Rangers defeat, some people were really thinking that it was dire times, but my goodness me, it's just one defeat and they had gone the first five games without a loss. I think that in retrospect, a lot of people overreacted to that defeat I certainly was not happy with the performance against Queen's Park Rangers. And certainly, yes, we had a Luton Town referee in terms of the game at the Vic on Saturday. But there was no way that I felt that either Watford nor Lacoon Bio were going to um, 
be stagnant for much longer. I think that there was going to be a reaction. I knew that there would be a better reaction eventually in this game. And it came. Now, look, I am so thankful that Watford won this game. Let's start there, shall we? Watford got over the line. It wasn't pretty. But again, in the championship, when you're playing 46 games, it's not going to be pretty every night. In fact, most nights, it will not be pretty. Can you do it on a nice night in Watford? Can you do it? on Vic 100 night at Vicarage Road? And the answer came back, yes, we can. The Yawns got it done. The Yawns got it done. Your mighty Yawns with the mighty victory tonight. 2-1 winners over Middlesbrough on Vic 100 night. That is the way you want to do it. And you also want to do it with your striker, who, again, had missed a couple of sitters, missed several sitters in a number of games prior but my goodness me, Rob Edwards substituting for him was a masterstroke because when he came in around the 80th minute or so, as he customarily does these days, Akun Bayer looked lively and sharp. He had a chance literally just before, a few minutes before, he would score what proved to be the game winner at Vicarage Road in front of the rookery. That's a way to get yourself endeared to in front of the Watford faithful. I mean, goodness gracious me, scoring in front of the rookery, that is the ultimate, isn't it? And that's what Vakun Bio did in his uh, game-winning exploits for the Watford tonight. So I'll be talking a bit about him and about the team, but let's start off with the game itself in general. Let's start off with the pomp and the circumstance. Now, I wasn't at the Vic. I was here in San Francisco, California. But from those Watford supporters who were at the Vic, Tonight, it was an exciting night, a night of joy and triumph and expectation and anticipation about what could happen on a very special night. 100 years, 100 years at Vicarage Road for Watford Football Club. And of course, throughout the day, much of social media was buzzing with anticipation, was buzzing with celebration, was buzzing with memories and stories and video and pictures and words and love for this mighty, lovely club that we do love so dearly. In thick and thin, Watford Football Club. We all love this club. You and I, we all do. You, me, us. We are tremendous lovers of Watford Football Club. We have had a love affair with this football club from basically the day we were born. Certainly in my case, and I bet in your case as well. And even if it wasn't true in your case, you have that love affair. And it's a relationship you're never going to sever. Ever, ever, ever. Until the day you leave this planet, you will always be in love with Watford Football Club. Through, thri through thick and through thin, you will be in love with them. Because I have the love bug for Watford Football Club, and I've had it since I was young. And since I followed them. Watford FC, the team for me, and for you, and for us. We are proud of this football club. Yes, we'll have days where we will critique the club. We will have days where we will certainly be scratching our heads and going, okay, what was that? But it's all done in love, all of it in love. And that is the most important thing to remember. Constructive criticism is always important. It's necessary. I think it's absolutely imperative, but not the name calling, not the ridiculous criticisms that don't make a whole lot of sense. Measured criticism. And yes, we have a right to that. We have a right to speak out and talk about when we don't think things are going well. But on the night at the Vic, on Tuesday, August 30th, 2022, let it be known, let it be known that this team 
put on a, a good performance. Well, in places they put on a good performance and they finished when they had to finish. That was the difference, I think, in the game. Watford finished when they had to because that finishing had been absent throughout this season if we're really being honest with ourselves and we should be honest with ourselves. And certainly, I think in the game at the Vic on Tuesday night, you saw good finishes and that is the difference. And that really is the reason why Watford won. Middlesbrough did not finish some big chances that they had. I mean, my goodness me. I'll talk about them in a few moments, but let's talk about the starting lineup for Watford Football Club. Um, it was, it turned out, a reversion back to 3-5-2. For some reason, I thought it would be 4-3-3. But 4-3-3 is what Rob Edwards began with against Queen's Park Rangers. He shifted that tonight um, at the Vic. And you will hear me use the words tonight and last night interchangeably. But you do understand what I mean. Particularly, of course, I am here on the West Coast here in California in the United States, in San Francisco. So you will understand that, why I do that on this particular episode. And I've done it on several. But look, that's neither here nor there. It was a, a 3-5-2 for Rob Edwards. That's really what he likes, a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2. And it certainly seemed it was more 3-4-1-2. with Jair Pedro and Ismail Assar playing up top. And I think Espria may have been in the one spot behind them. But the fact of the matter is, is that's what it really looked like, 3-4-1-2. He had the back three of um, Cabaselli playing in the match and Cathcart and Sierra Alta. Sierra Alta was in the middle and you had Cathcart and um, Cabaselli either side. That's what you had in the back three. And then, of course, in the middle of Cayembe, you had, of course, none other than Chaudhry, who has been really good for Watford since he's come here. And then you have, as I said, Cayembe, Chaudhry. And then you have the likes of uh, Sema and Camera, who are the uh, left and right wing backs, respectively, who would move up and get into advanced positions. And so that's what you had. And then, of course, at the top, as I said, you had Saar and Zhao Pedro. So that is what the lineup was for Watford on Tuesday night against a dogged Middlesbrough side who, it should be said, really don't belong in the bottom half of the table. Amazingly, they were 18th coming into this game. Watford had been unbeaten against Middlesbrough for several games, at least six or seven of them. So Watford has certainly owned Middlesbrough. In fact, the last time that they played at the Vic a couple of seasons ago in the championship, Watford defeated them on the opening day of the season. It was actually opening night under the lights on a Friday night. And Watford defeated Middlesbrough by a score of one goal to nil. I believe it was on September 11th of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, it was an empty stadium. Watford won by a score of one goal to nil. And none other than Craig Cathcart scored that night. And Craig Cathcart was in the lineup, as I said. And Watford took on Middlesbrough again. On this, though, a very special night. There were pre-match celebrations. And some Watford supporters told me that they weren't particularly impressed with the pre-match particulars, including the pyrotechnics. They weren't that impressed with it. But anyway, look, that's neither here nor there. We have celebrated the tradition of this club for a long, long time. And I think Watford Football Club has done an outstanding job of getting everybody to know and understand that this is a proud football club. It's a wonderful original family club. And for the vast majority of the time, this club does the right thing. And you can't deny that get behind this club, get behind the lads, support the efforts. Yes, we have some tough times. I've talked about them. I've been a critic. Yes, I have at times. But I've always said to you that 
I will criticize when I need to, when it's warranted, when it is a constructive criticism. But I will always praise this club for the excellence and the standards that it uh, that it attains each and every day. And look, for the vast majority of the time, this club does the right thing and does it so very well. This club is head and shoulders above all the other clubs, I think, in English football across the land. I don't think there's any question about it. Watford Football Club does things the right way. It really does. For 99% of the time, it does. So that is how I feel and how I've always felt about Watford Football Club. And again, when criticism is warranted, I will certainly be part of that. But I will never, ever poo-poo a win. Never. Now, some Watford fans, some Watford supporters did do that. They did not think that the football was very good. And granted, it really doesn't matter at this point because when you're going through a 46-game grind in the championship, 46 games grinding, there are going to be at least 30 games, maybe at least 20, let's put it that way, at least 20 of those games, you're not going to play particularly well. And that was true of Watford on Tuesday night. Because on Tuesday night, I think for the first 24 minutes or so, Watford played the occasion rather than the game. In fact, if you think about it, there was an enormous pressure on Watford on Tuesday night. Enormous pressure. Because Vic 100 was here. They had to live up to that. A hundred years ago, today, Watford played against Millwall. That's a huge deal at the Vic. Exactly a hundred years ago, these players would have heard about it. They would have read about it. They would have looked at it. They would have known about it. They would have been told about it. Of course, these players are conscious of that. But they had to get their noses down to the grindstone and shut everything out and focus on the task at hand, which they did not do well in those first 24 minutes. In fact, they didn't do that well at all in the first four minutes of the game because Rodrigo Muniz scored for Middlesbrough really out of nothing. It was a cross from the very dangerous Rob Giles, who had been a pain in the neck all night long for Middlesbrough. A beautiful cross by him, found open space. Daniel Batman in the Watford goal misjudged everything, and boom, there was Rodrigo Muniz pouncing on the ball, heading it into the back of the Watford net after just four minutes, shell shock at the Vic as as Middlesbrough took the lead. And in fact, tried to capitalize on that. And had they finished better, it could have been a very different story at the Vic tonight. But it wasn't because Daniel Backman ended up being a very critical lifeline in this game. But Watford, their heads were not bowed at all. They kept at their task. And in the 24th minute, it was João Pedro the igniter. And he was indeed my man of the match, the Yuan's man of the match. Certainly João Pedro in this one, as he kept going and never gave up on causes. And it was in the 24th minute as he busted a gut down that left uh, wing side, just running down there with real purpose. He won the ball. He kept going. He kept kept fighting and he eluded his Middlesbrough man and kept charging into the box and then he squared the ball over to Ismail Assar who took a turn evaded a challenge from a Middlesbrough defender and then took one touch and then finished down in the bottom left hand corner of the Middlesbrough net and that was 1-1 really good composure from João Pedro and again that was the key in this game composure and finishing which lacked against Queen's Park Rangers, and then three days later found itself against this team, Middlesbrough, who I think really should have capitalized more in the chances that they had. But again, Watford got the equalizer, and you have to say it was a good 
resiliency test for Watford, who again, down 1-0 after four minutes, could have completely felt sorry for themselves on a massive night, but they weren't going to do that. And that goal from Ismail Assar, his second of the season, was every indication that Watford were not going to capitulate and give up in this one. The big thing about this first half of the game against Middlesbrough is that once that goal went in for Watford, they continued to kick on. Now, this is a criticism that I had had, or I should say a criticism that I had, a criticism that I had of Watford, is that once they scored, they would tend to go into their shell. That did not happen in the game on Tuesday night. Because once Watford scored that goal to equalize things in the 24th minute through Ismail Assar, they kept cracking on. And then the second half of that first half was all Watford, dominant, really confident, Espria looking lively. The only problem was the end product wasn't quite on song for your Hornets on Tuesday night in that first half when they really dominated the second part of that first half. So that is really why Watford did not kick on and score another. They had a really good chance to score another. Ismail saw down the right side, had a good shot, but he took a, it looked like it took a little extra touch and a hesitation before firing it and it hit straight into the goalkeeper. I think had he released that ball about two seconds earlier, he might've been able to put that into the back of the net and that would have been a second goal for him and for Watford, but it didn't happen that way. They would have to wait until well, late, 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 late. So Watford went into the break at 1-1. Daniel Backman has certainly preserved that as well. And it would be Daniel Backman in the second half of the game um, that would be a very key figure. In the 63rd minute, he made a point-blank save from Middlesbrough. And I think that was a really big moment in the game. It may not be talked about a lot when you look back at the papers and at the internet accounts, the online accounts, come Wednesday. But I do think that the turning point in this game was Daniel Backman's point-blank save against a Middlesbrough player. I mean, he was literally about five yards out and he smacked the ball straight at Backman who managed to make a diving save and parry. And then it was uh, it was Hamza Chowdhury who cleared the ball to safety. That was, I think, the most important moment of the game for Watford because had that goal gone in, it would have been shades of Queen's Park Rangers. And the thing that happened differently in this game and the game against Queen's Park Rangers is that Watford were much more resilient defensively, even though the defense was a bit wobbly again in the game on Tuesday night. I think the defense was stu stood up and was counted in the game on Tuesday night where they weren't on Saturday afternoon. And I think the defense, uh, despite being a little bit more uh, of the same, looked like they had a bit more of a commitment to shut down the spaces. They certainly did that a bit better in the game on Tuesday night against Middlesbrough than they had against Queen's Park Rangers. They blocked a few more shots tonight. You saw the defense being a lot more active in that second half when they were blocking several shots. Charity was very key in that as well as he blocked a couple of shots. So did Sierra Alta. I think the defense tonight had a bit more intensity to it than it did on Saturday, particularly in the second half of this game against Middlesbrough, the defensive intensity was very much stepped up, I think, in some critical moments when the game kind of seemed to lull a little bit in the second half. And that's really where it was. And Watford applied maximum pressure and concentration defensively to keep Middlesbrough at bay. And a really important save, an excellent save by Daniel Blankman, uh, Backman, point blank, if you will, um, 
And Batman managed to keep Middlesbrough out. That, I think, was the game-changing moment because what would happen is that Watford would find a way with their finishing. And that was the difference, as I've said tonight. The finishing from Watford was what counted. Middlesbrough did not finish well in these these opportunities that they had against Watford. Again, on Saturday, Queen's Park Rangers made the most of their opportunities. They were efficient, they were clinical, and they finished well. In this game, Middlesbrough were not efficient and they were not clinical and they did not finish well. There were a number of chances in the first half as well. There was an incredible shot. I don't know how um, the Middlesbrough player missed it, but he did. With the goal gaping at his mercy, he managed to hit the ball wide or above the crossbar. I don't know how he did it. Daniel Batman managed to block and managed to come out. But I, I don't know how that Middlesbrough player missed it. He was offside, it turned out, in the first half. But the bottom line is, is that Middlesbrough had a number of opportunities and they did not capitalize. And that would come back and hurt them and cost them as Watford stuck to their task. And again, the difference was the finishing. And the difference was that Watford finally began to finish. Rob Edwards' 3-5-2 had featured both João Pedro and Ismail Assar up front. And they both connected exceedingly well on Tuesday night. I thought that was the difference. They had a really good understanding with each other. They played each other in very well. I liked how João Pedro operated around the left. He sometimes operated on the right. And then he came through the center. And Ismail Assar, uh, I think, did a very good job last night as well. I think this might have been Saar's best game. I know he had, he had the wonder goal, but I think this was Saar's best performance in a Watford shirt this season. He looked like he had a bit more of the confidence about him that we had seemed to see that he seemed to miss. Um, but he really was invigorated on Tuesday night and it showed. He was up for it. And credit to both he and Ja Pedro, both of them up for this. With all the trade rumors, all the transfer rumors around them, all of the reports according to uh, one Fabrizio Romano, that somehow João Pedro was going to be leaving for Newcastle. Well, we still have to wait and see in these next 48 hours if that will happen or materialize. But I have to give credit to these two young men. They've done an excellent job. João Pedro's, what, 20? And his mother saw 23, 24. And for both of them, these are two very young men. For, those of them, for, for both of them to keep their head, to keep cool heads, uh, to keep a cool head and do the thing that they did, which was to link to each other, play for each other, and work well together and uh, do some excellent things in the game. That is a testament to them of all the stuff swirling around them. That's good composure, good poise. That's good maturity. And my goodness me, if we keep both of these lads, I think we would have done extremely well. They might end up being the best transfer moves that didn't get made. They might be the most important moves of this deadline window, but let me not uh, speak too firmly about that before the two days come, of course, in this transfer market that shuts on a, a, on Thursday at 11 p.m. UK time. So that is really what you're looking at here. Watford kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then when it all seemed as if it's going to be a 1-1 draw in a rather unremarkable second half overall, when it all appeared that Watford and Middlesbrough would share the spoils and Middlesbrough would have been very pleased about it, it turned out that Watford had one more gear to go and Gaspar came on for, and I forget which who he came on for, but Semmer had to come off. I think it might have been for Cathcart. Cathcart came off bloodied face or bloodied nose, bloodied head. He had a cut, I think, concussion possibly. And then Semmer had been injured prior to that. Both of them come off. Uh, 
And now we'd seen Bio and now we'd seen Gaspar and Gaspar linked up with Bio. And it was completely by accident because Gaspar had a shot that Jao Pedro worked hard to engineer to him. Jao Pedro, the man of the match, as I said, he passed it to Gaspar. Gaspar was in space. He took a shot, but he kind of had a scuffed shot. But it just so happened that Bio was on side and the ball just happened to carry straight to Bio. And there was Bio in an instant, in a flash, one-on-one with the Middlesbrough goalkeeper and Bio made no mistake at all. He buried the opportunity. And this, this is how it sounded. Had Rodrigo got underneath it more. Now João Pedro brilliantly brought down. Mario Gaspar onto his left foot. Doesn't catch it cleanly. Breaks kindly. And Watford have surely won it. Bayo's first goal for the club. And on this anniversary night, it will surely be a Watford win. Joy for the Watford supporters. A huge slice of good luck for them here. As we see the goal once more, but just admire this control from João Pedro. Finds Mario Gaspar. Here's where the moment of luck comes in. Doesn't catch it cleanly. It breaks to Bayo, and his eyes would have lit up there as he saw the opportunity to score for Watford for the very first time. Ah, oh, the sweet sounds of a Watford victory there. Vakun Bayo scoring the goal in the 93rd minute of play. And it was interesting because we were told there were going to be four minutes of injury time, but with all the injuries that took place, a load of Middlesbrough players got injured. And then there was Semmer getting injured for us. And then there was Cathcart having to go off as well with a either a concussion or a, a head injury. And then, you know, how could that only be four minutes? Well, look, it was enough time for Watford to get the winning goal from Vakun Bayo, who came in a little bit earlier. And I thought he had come in in the 80th minute, but he actually came in in the 73rd minute of the game. So Rob Ed was subbing him in earlier. Now, I like that because I think Vakun Bayo, if you're not going to start him in these games, you need to be bringing him into these games in the 70th minute. That's exactly what I was hoping for in the last podcast episode. I talked about that. I'd like to see him come in around the 70-minute mark. That's really when you start to bet in your striker because you really, I mean, look, I know there's instant impact and it is true that some players only need a couple of minutes to make an instant impact. But I think someone like Vakun Bayo, who is really finding his way around English football because he's only been here for a few weeks, um, needs a lot more time than just being put in in the 80th minute. And I'm really pleased that Rob Edwards on Tuesday night put Vakun Bayo in in the 73rd minute of the game. And I thought that was a wise move. I thought Rob Edwards got the subs right again on the night. And Aspria came off. I think the other two subs are really uh, enforced changes because uh, Cathcart, as I said, had a head injury of some kind. Courtney Howes came in making his Watford debut. And I thought he was very confident, conf- confident, composed, assured. This is a man who's played a lot of football. He is, I think, 28 years old, something like that, 27, 28. He's a veteran. He's someone who's a very calming influence, and I think that having Hawes in the side will be a calming influence. It'll be interesting to see what happens at Rotherham on Saturday, whether or not Hawes will actually start in the game after we know the defence from last night was not particularly good. I wonder if Hawes will get that first start and if he's stuck in there somewhere in that three on the left side. And then if you take off Cathcart or Cabaselli, I forget who's on that left side. It might be Cathcart. 
uh, whomever it is, whether it's Cavacetti or Cathcart, take out one of those two players and put Hawes in there. And if you put House in there, excuse me, House, Courtney House in there, and then you have Sierra Alta in the middle, and then on the right side you put someone else. You know, maybe there's something good there that can happen against Rotherham on Saturday. Rotherham, at this moment as I record this, are yet to defeat, taste defeat uh, on the season. And Watford will be traveling to Rotherham in what will be a very tough game, of course, this coming Saturday. But we'll talk about that, of course, at another time. But this game is the one we want to savor because Watford got the win. And as you heard there in the commentary, Watford's late, late goal from Vakun Bio, his first for the club. Bakun Bio coming good. And look, he finished. And that's what the difference was, as I've said number numerous times in this particular podcast episode. The difference in this one versus the one on Saturday against QPR is that in this game, Watford finished. Watford got finishes tonight, and that's the difference. And Vakun Bio finished calmly and adroitly past the Middlesbrough goalkeeper into the back of the net in front of the rookery. And that's the storybook ending, isn't it? Absolutely storybook ending. That's the kind of ending that Hollywood would love for you to put in front of them in a script meeting. And that's exactly what it was because Vakun Bio getting his first goal of the season, his first for Watford, and bingo, there you go, right in front of the rookery. And a good celebration as well, as they all celebrated in those black and white kits on this special night, a really hallowed night at the Vic, Vic 100 night. And it comes off with and culminates in a Watford victory. Vakun Bio took his chance and got it done. And that's all you ask for from your striker, is to get that goal and do it whenever you can. And he did it in the 93rd minute. That is what you call a great finish and a great ending to a game that Watford won and just got over the line in. In a game where it was 50%, 50% on possession, 50-50, it was completely even on possession. Middlesbrough had a really good go. Watford got had a really good go as well. But again, at the end, when we all thought it was going to be a draw, it was that little bit of quality finishing from Vakun Bio that gave Watford all three points. And I know Middlesbrough will be bitterly disappointed with this defeat, but hey, them's the breaks. Sometimes in the championship, it requires luck. Sometimes in the championship, it is better to be lucky than to be good. And Watford were on the receiving end of all those good things because they got the good things, I should say. And they were the ones who capitalized in moments where they had to. And that is what efficiency is. Good finishing from Saar, good finishing from Bio. And that is the end of the story there as Watford win by a score of two goals to one. Now, I should point out, Ja Pedro again, man of the match. Ido Kayembe, who did not have such a good game on Saturday, bounced back with a plum and with a vengeance on Tuesday night. He was spectacular, especially in the second half of the game. I thought the problem with Kayembe in the first half, he had a few passes that did not reach their intended targets. They got cut out by Middlesbrough midfielders. But Kayembe ran things very, very well, especially in the second half. I really loved his energy and his movement. Ran with confidence. He ran the engine room of that midfield very, very well. Cool and smooth and calm and confident. That is what you want in your midfielders. And Kayembe there was really a steady hand. Again, and some people who talked to me about this, the Watford supporters, that they felt that they were looking at Kante out there from Chelsea. And uh, yeah, for a time there, he kind of resembled Kante, didn't he, in terms of the how he kept harrying the uh, opposition and calmly advanced the play always wanted to go forward, kept moving the ball well. 
And that was the thing about Kayembe that wasn't quite right on Saturday. His ball movement in midfield was much, much better on Tuesday night. And it certainly paid off. And he really did keep things moving and fluid, especially in that second half of the game, I thought. So that is something you have to say. And by the way, Mario Gaspar played a key role in that second goal. Now, I have not been a fan of Gaspar this season because I think the Gaspar has been all over the map not the genuine article, but he showed you on Tuesday night why he was brought in here on uh, at the Vic because on Saturday he looked like a real passenger in the match, but he played, played an integral role in that winning goal. He scuffed his shot and the ball happened to go straight to Bio, who was in the right place, in the right space, at the right time. And that striker's poacher's instinct and ingenuity. And then Bio finished comfortably past the Middlesbrough goalkeeper to make it 2-1 Watford. And I think Gaspar played a huge role there after Jao Pedro did all the dirty work to win the ball. He laid it off to Gaspar. Gaspar passed the ball, or rather ran into space, and then took a touch and took a shot. Wasn't the greatest of shots. It scuffed, kind of scuffed his shot across the pitch, kind of rolled across the carpet, if you will. And there was Bio waiting for it. Sometimes it's all about being in the right place, in the right space, at the right time. And Mr. Bio was exactly in all those areas. And boom, he finished well and did not disappoint the rookery end and all of the Vic, of course, except for, of course, those traveling Middlesbrough fans who go back a long way back up to Teesside without any points whatsoever. It's a three plus hour trip. Perhaps if they fly, they'll get back in an hour and a half. But the point is, Watford get three very important points. They're on uh, 12 points at the moment, in fourth place at the moment as we speak. Of course, there will be other games in the championship, I think, on Wednesday. So Watford at the moment, though, in fourth place, a point behind, I believe it's a one point or two points, actually, behind Sheffield United, who are on 14 points. And then you've got... Norwich, who I think are in second on 13. So that's where it is as of Tuesday night. And Watford get a very big victory, very big victory against Middlesbrough. And none other than a 2-1 win on Vic 100 night. That sent the home crowd home happy. And an excellent night all around. Even though Watford didn't play particularly well for the vast majority of stretches in the first half. And then for a lot of the second half, it was very mundane. But the fact is, is that one thing I'm very pleased about is the finishing. And the finishing did not let Watford down on Tuesday night. Because both Saar and Bio composed, cool, calm, focused finishes under pressure. That is what you need. And I think this 3-5-2 is going to continue to hum as long as they get used to each other. Rob Edwards' system is going to work ultimately, but we do need a right wing back. There's no question about him. But as long as you can keep Saw and Jean Pedro, you will end up having really two very good asses. These are two target men who can really be lethal in this championship. And who would have thunk it? You know, many of us, including myself, were calling for Saw to go. Many of us, including myself, were saying, look, it wouldn't be a big loss if Saw left. But hey, at this point, after what we saw on Tuesday night, Ismail Saw needs to be at this club. And I would be glad to be wrong about that. And certainly with Jean Pedro as well. Both of them are integral to the success of this club this season. And look, if we can still get a striker, that'd be great. If we can get a right back, 
that too would be great. If you can get one more defender, maybe a midfield player, that would be great. I don't expect that we're going to get very many players between now and Thursday night at 11pm UK time. I expect, perhaps if we're lucky, we'll probably get two players in and that really will be it. But one of them will be a right wing back. I'm very confident we'll get a right wing back in here, but I don't know if we'll get a striker and I don't think we'll get Jamal Lowe, but we will see. I mean, it will be a bonus because, of course, we've got Keenan Davis and we are yet to see him. But again, Keenan Davis is, is going to be maybe another three or four games away, if that, because uh, he's been training. He'll have to get into match shape. And once that happens, we could be talking about the middle of September before we realistically see Keenan Davis uh, playing for Watford. Again, he had a brief stint against Birmingham. Really didn't show you very much in the very brief minutes that he was there. But I'm confident, as I said in the previous episode of this podcast, that Watford will start to come good and go in the direction that they need to go in. And Bio, I was very confident, and I said this before as well, that he would score in one of these next three games. I predicted it would be against MK Dons. It wasn't to be. But I did also say that if he didn't score in that game, he'd be scoring in one of the next two games. And it proved to be correct. I proved to be correct. He did score in one of the next two games. It happened to be the third game. And the third time was a charm for Watford at the Vic. And thank goodness for that. On Vic 100 night, it was Watford 2, Middlesbrough 1. Welcome back to Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore. The Coon, the victorious, vanquishes Middlesbrough as Watford get the W at the Vic on Vic 100 night. A great night for Watford as the men take care of business against Middlesbrough with Akun Bio's injury time goal to sink Middlesbrough and break their hearts by a score of two goals to one. Now, the Watford women did very well in their game the other day against Bridgewater United at Fairfax Park. And a very good performance saw Watford win it by a score of two goals to nil. And Watford now two from two under Damon Lathrop as the Golden Girls continue to shine and flourish with goals from Helen Ward, the captain of Watford, after just seven minutes putting the Golden Girls in front. And then in injury time, much like the way that McVacoon Bio would do a few days later, Franny Alley getting her first Watford goal. Isn't that interesting? That Franny Alley getting her first Watford goal and the first ever Watford goal and getting it in injury time around the 94th minute. And uh, just last night, Vakun Bayer getting his first ever Watford goal in the 93rd minute. Isn't that interesting? And Franny Alley's goal made it 2-0 Watford against Bridgewater United. Watford played well. They had to hold on for dear life at Bridgewater, really posed a threat in the second half of the game the other day at Fairfax Park. It was not an easy victory. Watford had to scrape and hustle and claw against a very resilient and determined Bridgewater United side. But the bottom line is, when all was said and done, Watford kept a clean sheet and also they got two goal scorers who know what to do when the ball is right in front of them and the net is right in front of them. And the captain, Helen Ward, Wardy, took care of business early on in the game and that proved to be the winning goal seven minutes into the contest. And then, of course, as I said, in the 94th minute, 
of injury time, the 94th minute of the game, it was Franny Alley, Fran Alley, who got the goal to give Watford a consolidation of their lead and ultimately a 2-0 win at Fairfax. That's a really good win there against a tough, rugged Bridgewater side. And as a result, as of that game on Sunday of this past week, just this few days ago, Watford sat fourth in the Southern Premier Division of the FA Women's National League. I think that's a really good accomplishment early on. I think it will give the Watford Golden Girls a lot of confidence going into their next game. And it was supposed to be on August 31st, but it's now been rescheduled. But whenever Watford play next, they are on, uh, they got the wind at their back here with these two very important wins. They got the win against Gillingham, a tough game. They had to overcome Gillingham in because Gillingham led 2-1. But then Watford came back and then ended up winning 3-2 at Grosvenor Vale at the beginning of last week in the first game of the season. And then in the game on Sunday, Watford women had to keep fighting to hold off a very determined and rugged Bridgewater side as Watford took on Bridgewood and ended up prevailing by a score of two goals to nil. Very impressive away win. It is very difficult to win away. And some of these games can be really rough and really rugged, but both of the Golden Girls who scored, Franny Alley in the second goal and then Helen Ward in the first goal, have to be applauded for their composure, their poise, and their ability to get the job done in adverse circumstances, in hostile circumstances. About 209 people watched the match. Watford contingent was there in full force, and that was the story. So then it was a 2-0 win for Watford, and that is that, and a really good job there from Damon. Lathrop and the Golden Girls, who now are two out of two, 100% after these first two games, and congratulations to them on that. When I come back, a few final thoughts. Rob, back to winning ways. You must be happy with that tonight. Very happy, very happy. Um, it was a special night, wasn't it, tonight? It was a special night for the football club. Um, I'm really pleased for the supporters. I'm really pleased for everyone connected to the club. And, you know, this was a big night. And um, I'm really pleased that we were able to, to win it. In, and in the fashion we did in the end, I suppose, it, it sends everyone home even happier. Um, we, we obviously didn't start the game well. And uh, we've got to make sure we look at that. But I thought after 10 or 15 minutes, we really started to grow into the game and, and then look very dangerous and very threatening. And we looked good deservedly got the equaliser and then pushed to try and get a second which we weren't quite able to get in that first half but uh, second half was fairly tight I'm well aware that Dan had to make a really good save from um, from a set piece from free kick we had to defend a corner and block you know throw our bodies in the way and block a few things Middles were a very good team We've said that before the game and, uh, and, and and we know it now as well because uh, they've got some good players and they're well coached yeah, to find a way to win it in the end, in the 94th minute, it was pretty special. You mentioned finding a way to win it. Going back to winning ways, you know, that fighting spirit, how important is that to come back from behind? Clearly very important. You need that. Um, every, every point in this league has, has got to be earned. We've had a tough month and we've had a difficult month because of a lot of things, not just the fixtures. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, we've been seen to be talked about more than, than any other club, certainly in our league and maybe a lot more in the, than a lot more in the Premier League as well. And um, we've had to adapt quite a lot. We haven't got anywhere near where I want us to get to yet, but, but we'll keep improving. But when we're showing that grit and that fight, you know, we know we've got some quality as well, so we can win games. 
Um, and we've got players to come back and help us as well. You know, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue to grow and get better. And Bayer's winner at the end. That must be great for his confidence and, and great for the team. Great for him. He had a chance not long before that with a header. A good chance that he'll be disappointed with. And, you know, he, he works really, really hard. So great feeling, great night for him to get that winner tonight. Middlesbrough was certainly a threat tonight as well. How did you feel that we, we dealt with their problems? Um, reasonably well, but we know their qualities. We know how quickly they, they do attack, especially down the sides with their outside centre-backs. and They've got pace with the wing-backs and quality. And players go and commit forward and join in. Um, so we had to, you know, we had to be really at it defensively. And there was a few moments where they, they almost got in down the side and then cut it back to around the edge of the box and we had to block things and defend. Um, maybe got a little bit open around the mid mid uh, period of the second half. But obviously that's when both teams start to maybe tire a little bit and, and mistakes happen. But we managed to um, we managed to keep them out and, and again we obviously managed to find a way to win it right at the end. You mentioned that at the start, you know, an important night, such a special night here. How great were the supporters this evening? Excellent, but but they, they feed off the performance as well. So, you know, it was quiet the first five or ten minutes when we started slowly. And we've got to make sure that we improve on that as well. We've got to give the supporters something to shout about. Um, but when we are at it and we play like that, and we, we play with speed and with the tempo and with the verve and, and, and taking some risks and playing forward and running forward and creating chances, it's, it's a great place to be, you know, it's a, and especially under the, under the lights as well. So... Um, a lot of that is down to us, but they were great. They were great, and to send them home with three points tonight is, uh, is extra special. Cheers, Rob. Thank, Thank you, you Now, that was Rob Edwards there, as you heard, the head coach of Watford Football Club after the game against, of course, Middlesbrough Watford 2, Middlesbrough 1. And you heard him say very clearly, we are not nearly where we need to be, where I'd like to get us to. Now, on Yuan's Twitter spaces after the game, there was a Watford supporter who said to all of us, myself included, that he had come across on social media, various social media channels, people, people who were actually saying things like Edwards should go. Once the Queen's Park Rangers defeat was in, they were, according to this fan, now, again, I didn't see these posts. Um, he says that he came across them on both Facebook and on Twitter some Watford fans saying that Edwards should go after six games. That is absurd if that is the truth. That is absurd. If it is true that there were fans actually posting that on social media, that is a disgrace. Now, I said this last season when there were fans already writing this team off with 15 games remaining. 15! 15, 15! I was very critical of the sentiment of fans who were saying, oh, 15 games left, you know, they're going. And yeah, they ended up being correct. They did go down. But you don't give up on your team with 15 games left. And you don't give up on a head coach six games into a new season. That's outrageous. Outrageous, if that is true, that there were actual posts on Facebook and Twitter and wherever else, after the Queen's Park Rangers defeat, saying Edwards out, Edwards has to go? Sounds outrageous. That is lunacy. It makes no sense. Six games into a season, that is just a fraction of your season. 
one-ninth of your season. And you're talking about Edwards must go? Really? So first defeat of the season in the championship. I do think that some of us, as Watford supporters, have got to get a grip on reality and on our own minds. Because if that indeed is the case, was the case last Saturday, that some people were actually writing that kind of nonsense, a reality check is not only needed, but I think some very serious introspection is also needed. What would prompt one to actually commit to a keyboard and put that kind of nonsense out there? That kind of ignorance. It shows a complete disassociation from reality. Rob Edwards is hardly the issue here. What would you be saying after this contest against Middlesbrough about Rob Edwards? Again, he said in the interview that you just heard, we are not nearly where I want us to be yet. We are not nearly where I want us to be yet. That's after the seventh game of a 46-game season. There were a few fans who, on yawns to the spaces after this game, conveyed the issue of reality, reactionariness, or being reactive, excuse me, and also about a sense of togetherness. And I actually do agree with the fans who made those comments. Yes, there are going to be different points of view on Watford amongst the fan base. Yes, there are going to be fans who say some really ridiculous things, like what I am hearing from some, according to some fans that spoke in the Yawn's Twitter space. Yes, there will be fans who will have a different view, And I think fans should have different views. I don't think we should all be in lockstep. I've never believed that at all, anywhere. But there is one thing to not being in lockstep, and there's quite another when you are calling for a head coach to go after six games. That shows any kind of, well, it shows every kind of disassociation from reality. It really does. You have to think about two things here. One, Rob Edwards does not have the kind of players in full that he would like. Two, it's a thin squad that he's working with. He's playing players out of position as a result of that. And I do think that people need to get their heads screwed on in the right direction here. Yes, I've criticized some of the performances at times. Yes, I've criticized some of the things that the board have done regarding the team at times? Yes, of course I have. I think everyone should do that when it is warranted and do so in a constructive way. But one thing you'll never hear from me are these wild statements that make absolutely no sense at all. It's one thing to be reactive to situations, and particularly social media tends to bring this out of people. It is quite another to actually look at what is going on and have a realistic response and an intelligent and reasoned response to what you're seeing. 
Because anyone that would say after six games that Rob Edwards should be leaving this club is showing themselves to be the complete ignoramus that those comments make them out to be. Social media certainly does make people say some really stupid things, but also people make people say some stupid things, make themselves say stupid things. It was a big night at the Vic on Tuesday night. You could even see the pressure and the concerns and the strain on Rob Edwards' face during this game. You can see it even after the game. And even in that interview, if you watch it, he's very, very pleased, he said, that you could see how serious his face was. It's a lot of pressure on a head coach. Brand new head coach come in here with all of the weight of Vic 100 because Vic 100 is a great celebration for the supporters. But for the players and the manager... It's a very different story. They don't really get to celebrate Vic 100 because they've got to execute the game plan on the pitch, especially after just three or four days earlier losing at home to Queen's Park Rangers in the manner that they did. So they're not really enjoying this. Certainly not enjoying it the way that the fans do because there's a lot of history and tradition and the players could have easily buckled for this game and certainly the first 20 minutes or so it looked as if that had affected them. So we have two important players on this team, two of whom we've expected to leave. At least some of us, like myself, have expected would be out the door. In fact, one of them, I was saying, would not be a great loss if he did leave, and that would be Ismail Azar. But one thing you saw in the game last night was a man that has some confidence. He looked like he was confident. He looked like he was at it. And as I said earlier, that is a big job and good for both of them to keep their cool, to keep their heads and do what they did on that pitch on that night. Two young men who I think have to be given a lot of credit. By the way, Gaspar has to be given a lot of credit as well. A key moment for him, as I mentioned earlier, as he got the job done, a ball that was scuffed really, and it happened to find its way to a waiting for Kuhn Bayo. And Bayo made no mistake. I knew that he was going to eventually score. I said that he'd been working very hard. I said that he had been working hard for the team, and he had been. His work rate was excellent in these games that he didn't score in. Yes, he missed some sitters. It was frustrating to see that he missed some open opportunities. But again, I knew that he would come good, and it was only a matter of time when he did. And here it was. His moment was the moment at Vicarage Road, and something that was coming for him, and now he can exhale and get on with the business of the rest of this 46-game championship season. Let's keep everything in perspective here. And as for fan unity, yes, I agree. There should be more of it. I think, though, the cold reality is, is that you're never going to get every fan on the same page at the same time. That's not going to happen. You'll always have a contingent of the fan base saying that this person should go, that person should go. You're never going to please everyone. You're always going to have a few, few people in a fan base who will never be happy no matter what. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. 
Generally speaking, I think most of the Watford fan base, the vast majority of it after this win against Middlesbrough, are very, very pleased. Yes, there's a few who have um, asked some questions, some of them very valid questions about getting in new players. I do think, yes, Watford do need to strengthen. I, I will always say that when it is, when it is warranted to say. And they need to, they need to strengthen. Clearly, the defense is not good enough, I don't think. They did just enough on Tuesday night to keep Middlesbrough at bay. Just enough. But one thing that did improve about the defense, especially in that second half, as I've alluded to before, is that there was a lot more blocking of balls, a bit better closing down of spaces. But they need to continue to do that. And I think Courtney House being on that pitch was important in the latter stages of the match. I think he came in around the 80th minute or so, and he settled things down at the back. And I think there was a much more solidified presence about the defending when he came on the pitch. Looked very good with the ball, good touches, and I think very calm and composed and assured. And that's what you want. And maybe we'll get another defender in in these next 48 hours. Who knows? We'll see. And maybe we'll get another striker in. Who knows? But I definitely think a right wing back would be optional, uh, excuse me, would be optimal, would be important. We'll see what happens because you don't know what's going to happen these next 48 hours. Nobody does. You know, we don't know if João Pedro and Ismail Assar have played their final games at Watford Football Club. But the way they played on Tuesday night, you wouldn't think that that would be their last game. And if it was their last game, they put in one heck of an effort. And certainly an effort that leaves you proud as a Watford Football Club supporter on a very, very special night. Watford now are in fourth place after this game. Of course, there will be other championship games coming up in this midweek. And of course, after savoring this sweet victory, this sweet late victory in front of the Rookery at the Vic on Vic 100 night, it will be time to get over the hangover of all that champagne or wine or beer, or whatever your alcoholic beverage, or whatever your non-alcoholic beverage is, and start looking ahead to this transfer window shutting on Thursday at 11 p.m. There will be a special Yuan's transfer window special right after 11 p.m. UK time on Thursday. So don't forget, if you have a Twitter account, or even if you don't, Head over to Twitter spaces at WFC for the transfer window special at 11 p.m. Right after the window shuts, 11 p.m. UK time this Thursday. That is all for this edition of Yawns. Don't forget to follow Yawns WFC on Twitter and Instagram. Yawns WFC, the address for both. And the podcast on Yuans on a number of different platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and others. Subscribe now, won't you? And finally, the YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to the Yuans WFC YouTube channel. Just type in Yuans WFC and subscribe, won't you? Thank you very much for those of you who have done so. And those of you who haven't, please do so, won't you? Really would appreciate that. 
So, on a very historic and important night, a night and a day of lots of significance, lots of history, celebration, memories and stories, Vakun Bio writes another chapter in Watford lore with his injury time winner in front of the rookery at the Vic on a very special night indeed. Exactly 100 years to the very day that Watford played their first game at Vicarage Road. It was a history-making night. Until this coming Saturday, I'm Omar Moore saying, you.